What up, this is your boy DJ EFN. You might know me as a drink champ, but first and foremost, I'm a proud father. I linked up with two of my other dad homies, Manny Digital and KGB, to start the Fatherhoods podcast. Each week, we bring you insider hip-hop stories, parenting, and advice and therapy. The saying is true, it takes a village, and we humorously serve as each other's trusted counsel in figuring out how not to screw up being a good dad. Fatherhood's Fatherhood's Podcast. Beats, rhymes, and diapers. Yo, Fatherhood's fam, when you're out and about with your baby and they start wilding out, what do you do? Most dudes are fumbling through the traditional baby bag their lady prepped for them, trying to find that one thing that will calm the kid down. That doesn't have to be your life. Dig no more. The firstborn diaper backpack from Fly Dad has over 21 compartments to have everything right where you need it to be for you and your baby and keeping you fly through the process. Get $20 off when you visit flydadgear.com slash fatherhoods. All right, people. So, look, we got all three of us again. Back. Is, uh, you know, it's been hard to, hard to do in these fatherhood streets. But we got a special guest with us today. Uh, man, he's uh, one of the founders of one of the most legendary crews in hip-hop, the Hieroglyphics crew. He's uh, released multiple solo albums along with other albums from his crew that have all been critically acclaimed. And most importantly, he's a father. So welcome, right. Casual, to the show. Yeah, yeah. Peace, peace, peace. And blessings. The Thanks legend, for having me. How y'all doing? Yes, sir. What's going on, man? All right, all right. All is well. You still in the Bay Area? Uh, I'm Central California right now, and okay. it's good that uh, straight up have my little girls. I was like, I'm out. <laughs> so we talking about fatherhood. We'll get into that because Oakland was the environment. Uh, I was I had young girls, and I was like, time. To oh go. yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, right. How, how many total children do you have? Is it just your two ch- girls? I actually got five daughters. Uh, wow, wow. Okay. <laughs> right. so I got I got my two twin daughters, 27 years old, and then their older stepsister, and then I got my younger daughters, uh, 16 and about to be 18 in a couple days. Someone might, someone would say that that's karma that you was a player, and then you got all. Man, I don't know, but you know, I never actually. <laughs> I as I started getting older, I was like, I need to have a son. But I, uh, as I was growing up, I never really tripped. I just wanted right. kids. I wanted offspring. I never even thought about genders. You know what I'm saying? Right. Okay. So it wasn't one of those like, yo, one. Okay, girl. All right, let's try for a boy. Two, four. Nope, no. Nope. But, <laughs> but but as I, because you know, when you're young, you make a lot of dumb mistakes. Uh, and so, you know what I mean. And so, who knows? I don't want to go there, but. You know how that is when you're young and making decisions about you gonna keep it, you gonna get, you never know what you had that you didn't keep if you want to really go all the way there on the fatherhood. So I never even, I never even really wanted a gender. As I started getting older, I'm like, we need to uh, get a young buck running around. <laughs> so is the same mother for all five? Not at all. Uh, so, so I got a baby mama and my wife. Okay, okay. Just oh, to so, speak frankly, you know, so, two, so two women, yes, and, and five children. Okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've I've heard worse scenarios, so that doesn't mm-hmm. seem crazy to me. Yeah, yeah, not at all. Seems manageable. <laughs> yeah. So you can go look at my first album. I got my two twin daughters. I'm holding them, uh, holding them on my arms. I think it not first album, but I think it was on. Full he circle. think he raw like my second studio release. Yeah. Oh. So what's what's the ages of all five? Yeah, we got the t- the older ones. 
graduated from Georgia State. Oh, congrats. Um, uh, Bulldogs is Georgia State, right? Yeah, Bulldogs. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'll make sure I said that right. <laughs> and they about 27 now doing real estate in the Bay. Woo. And then again, we got the uh, younger 15, uh, 16 and about to be 18. Yeah. Gotcha. About to graduate. You know what I'm saying? How's you- college? Like, we're going to be all over the map here. Right. But, yeah. like, how how was... Because I got, I got a 16-year-old. She's mm. my... I'm sorry. She's going to be 16. She's my oldest. And our head is like, yo, college is right there. Mm-hmm. It's our first one going to college. The financial piece of it is one. Mm-hmm. Does she want to? Does she want to go leave home to go to college or, or no? Yeah, well, she's been. Yeah. Uh, this we talking about Sydney, my daughter. She's. Um, so it's like this because y'all know how it be. She has some height on her. So our first thing was you playing who? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and she was doing she's really a natural athlete. She did good, made varsity at a basketball school. Um, you know what I'm saying, her freshman year, but wow. then had some changes. And I like I said, I I played football on an undefeated team at Skyline in Oakland in 1989 and quit the next year because I wanted to be a rapper. And so my daughter rather artistic, and I ain't the one to force you into nothing. She kind of moved away from that but that was our initial plan to like help us with uh school it ain't about WNBA. the plan is always to get some help with the school and the scholarships and so i started financially being like oh okay well if that's not gonna be a re we gotta figure something out but lo and behold california got really cheap uh state schools you know what i'm saying universities may be different but the state schools just as good and they they're not as expensive she qualified for a few scholarships and did our thing without even academically without even worrying about the sports and so it was just uh overall testament to you know you could do it academically too you ain't gotta like try to go be playing for four years to get your free ride she still got a relatively free ride you know what I'm saying? that's good you hearing that manny because manny's on kind of this path as well yeah my, so my daughter she, she's a basketball player she also made the varsity team mm-hmm. at, you know at the uh, as a freshman mm-hmm. not a basketball school like it's all right but it ain't like a powerhouse or anything but that's literally kind of what we was thinking it's like we're not trying to push her to be a student athlete if she doesn't want to be because for us that's a lot of pressure. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, she's really good on her academics. So we're like encouraging that. And like, yo, if you're going to feel stressed, it's probably the best place to be stressed. Don't mm-hmm. let the sports stuff kind of get in the mix, but she's really into hoops. She, she doesn't seem to want to play like collegiately, but the more she plays in high school, the more that itch I think is there, mm-hmm. but, but you know, so it's tough, but, but did, did your, your daughter's, Went in state, you said. So they were. Uh, so now my older daughters who graduated lived in Georgia. They're twins. Oh right, oh, they're you twins, and they went to uh, Georgia State. Yeah, they stayed with their mom, and they did. She did really well, and they also had something going on in Georgia where if they qualified, they got. Uh, I mean, you know, scholarships and so uh, right. academic scholarships as well. And so for me, I've been dodging the bullet uh, as well, but my my discussions with my children now are, you know, about this school debt uh, that they're <laughs> going to be accumulating and ways right. that we could work that off 
as we are taking this aid and assistance, you know, and these scholars, some of them is just scholars like that, but other stuff is like, yo, you are going to still be accumulating some debt. And so that's the uh, next discussion we're moving into. We got to get them pardons for these you loans. You know what I'm saying? They, uh, so they We should stop though. messing around. <laughs> like, Did that it, already pop off or is it just like... Nah, it got blocked. It got it's blocked. It's just super oh. political. Yeah. It got blocked. Change it. Should have let, let, let's take this back on, on some hip-hop shit. Yeah. Uh, so your oldest been there pretty much since the beginning. Mm-hmm. The twins, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So how I mean, did not you... the biggity beginning? Because you know, I I, well, I, I mean early enough. But early them, enough. The, uh, yeah, early enough. Yeah. Like how did you like even more? Because you already started. You got you had your deal. You're already doing it. It's already a career for you. Mm-hmm. How did you balance that? Because that's that's really the the thing for people in this you know in this culture and, and as a career. Yeah, and especially at that point, because you guys are like taking off mm-hmm. in that in that in that whole 93, 94, 90, you know, just you yeah. guys got the spotlight on you. Well, I gotta give a lot of credit to their mom for not making it as problematic as it could have been for me in those time periods. Uh I never dealt with any of the child support issues or any mm-hmm. of the things that people, you know, that hold you back or hinder you from even moving. I got people who couldn't do certain tours because of particular issues. You know, you get into those issues, your license, your passport, and and things right. <laughs> go away. And so keep keeping a cool relationship uh with the mother of my children was key to me because I just never wanted to have to answer to some judges and stuff about a relationship that I, you know, I started and, and my responsibilities in my, in that relationship. Also, um, I had, a, I have to be honest, I had a pretty good support system around me and a lot of, um, I got a lot of daughters, but I got a lot of sisters too, you know what mm. I'm saying? And so I was my father's only son. And so they got a lot of aunties and, and a good a lot of people who made it really easy for uh even me in my absence say I want to be on tour or it's nothing we got the girls you know it's nothing say that cuz they bust but they now up until about 7 years old they actually lived in California okay. and then they moved into Atlanta after that point and so then once they moved away it was less trying to uh you know it's not even cool really parenting at a distance but you do as much as you can. And then it's really not cool parenting at a distance if you ain't balling. Right. right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because you got to say no sometimes and stuff. And saying no at a distance is almost the worst thing for a father. Like, Oof. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so having to deal with all of that, you got to stay on the road. You got to stay working because you don't want no to become like a poverty policy. You know You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you man. don't even understand that you saying no because of all these other reasons you know what i'm saying so yeah. i didn't want to be a no dad but yeah how, how go, going into that real quick how hard was that i mean even though you're on the road and everything but you're used to having your girls at least you know in close proximity and now they're across the country what, what was that transition like for you and how how long did it take you to kind of adjust even if, if you did i don't know if you did I probably never did, but uh, it was really hard, and it, that's when the fighting started because I didn't have – I wouldn't say you could just take my kids and go, but you know how I go with the permissions and all that stuff. And so – and then my daughter's not understanding the absence. I live in Cali. I ain't go nowhere. Like, you mm-hmm. know, since some they know now that someone made a decision that took me out of their life, 
like that. You know what I'm saying? But it still wasn't, it wasn't like, I'm gone. It wasn't right. one of those. It, it was like malicious. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, everybody from Cali was moving to Atlanta economically. And their mom thought that was, it did. It benefited them because she, they graduated uh, with scholarships from Georgia State. But, but at, kids don't understand that at a young age, you know what I'm saying? And you used to being with your girls. You could imagine, you know what I'm saying? How much, how many different ways you got to figure out how to vent that energy or you might just be on Judge Judy or, you know what I'm saying? Just <laughs> typical, you know what I'm saying? Damn. And that it's girls too. Like, I feel like as a father, you want to be very, like, of course you care about boy or girl mm -hmm. don't matter, but girls, you just feel extra protective of as a, as a father. Yeah, you don't even. I don't got sons, but I, I, I'm slapping my sons up because they gotta come out tough. You feel me? I ain't slapping my daughters up, I, and so you don't think about nothing rough. You think gentle about daughters. You, right. I mean, some people may think gentle about their sons, but I, I want to wrestle a son and show him leg locks and stuff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so, yeah, that would be the difference. Your daughters are like precious, and your sons are rough. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I got I got two little ones. My son is two, and my, my daughter's four. Um, I do play rougher with my son than I did with my daughter at the same age, but I I do try to like rough up my daughter every once in a while just to get Better her used not. to it. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah. I got her in like karate and shit. I'm like, yo, you need to learn. You need to learn how to defend yourself. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to be a pushover as a girl. Mm -hmm. So I try, but it's definitely not the same with the boy. I'm a little extra. Well, it seems like the girls, from my experience. I got um, grandsons, like, you know what I'm saying? And so I'm dealing with them at four and five right now. That's they crazy. set it off. But girls, <laughs> I mean, like, you got to stop them from going at each other. But girls, they'll get to that point over some reasons, but they they got a different brain, and <laughs> conflicting ain't the way to work things out for them. Right. So once they start getting out into the world is when I'll be like, man, you about to start going to school now. <laughs> Come hit this bag, you know, just <laughs> learn how to punch straight and not down like girls because you'll have an advantage if you ever got into any type of debunkle or whatever. You know? So talking about like, you know, roughing up your kids and just in general, but like I, I try to do that with my son. I have one son, I have two daughters mm -hmm. and I definitely do play more aggressively with my son. But my oldest daughter, she likes to tussle, too. So we get it, you know, we get it popping. Mm -hmm. But like the other day, my son tells me that I don't like it when you do that. And my immediate reaction was punch him. Well, right. <laughs> to, to like to do it more. Right. Because yeah. like as dudes, like if your friend was like, nah, chill, B, you're like, ah, bum, bum, bum. You, <sighs> you double down. Right. So that was my immediate reaction. I, I kind of went at it with him like a little bit more aggressive. And then he he started to cry, and I was like, "Shit, I yeah, just you crossed asshole, the line." <laughs> yes. yes, come way on, to, man. way to go, Manny. <laughs> so, yeah, there, there it is. But like, way to father. <laughs> but you know, I, I stop and I'm like, "Yo, you know, I'm apologizing," and I, and I back off. And then I'm like, thinking like my own, you know, how I grew up, right? And like that to me, in a nutshell, is kind of like this this social like expectation when it comes to mm -hmm. boys right like the rough housing and all that kind of shit but you miss the respect factor especially when it's like parent to child and like taking what they have to say seriously in that context i did it and so it's almost like 
ignoring and you know not really respecting. Like he was trying to set boundaries to an extent. And yeah, he was like, fuck your boundaries. Exactly. Exactly. So so long winded way of asking you a question, casual. Like, had have and again, you have girls. So roughhousing may not have been the 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 activity or what have you that may have resulted into this. But like, have you encountered that where you kind of dismissed what they had to say and didn't really take it seriously? Where it might have caused a oh. relationship. Um, I not necessarily with roughhousing, but I may have experiences with that. But um, I would have to speak more towards my grandsons because one of them is, you know, he, yeah, he's not naturally rough. But I, and, and encountering a situation like that where I didn't, I noticed his boundary and didn't want to. It was kind of like me exp- taking a moment to explain to him. I'm messing with you so you can figure out a way to make me stop without mm. asking me to, because you're going to have to figure that out in life too. Like you're going to have to figure out, even if I just, if you see my hand coming, push it to the side, like, and then you won at least that one. I'm talking about explaining to someone very little. Right. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I'm not like about to make it like you got to, you ain't got to be Chun Lee, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? You could uh, start investing some thought in, moving and you don't have to just stand there like you know what I'm saying you can do some things too to help yourself and this then that's not for I mean that was only for that one incident where I was able to flip it because the regret you feel and I hate regret especially fatherly regret yeah. the regret that you feel when you messed up right it'd be lasting for some weeks yeah. y'all yeah. you know what I'm saying <laughs> Exactly. And so I try to, I'll be on eggshells about my uh, children's mentality and uh, sense of like, even if one of my daughters mad at me, I'll be like, Oh, she's mad at me. Okay. Well, okay. Today's day one. Like, I'll be like, okay, I'm a, I'm a knock on maker. No matter. You know what I'm saying? And I'm a wait and see when she actually starts back speaking to me, but I'm going to keep on speaking. My daughter will just not speak. Like if she mad, she'll just walk in my room and I'm like, she really tight, but I'm not going to act like the seventies. My parents demand respect. You guys to speak. That's just, right. excuse my language. Nah, you no, no, no. We cursing like a motherfucker. <laughs> that right there didn't work. And so letting them come to their own realization. I know I'm going off the subject of what we started with, no, but letting them come to the realization that they might be acting like a, a asshole or whatever. And then she starts saying, hi, dad. You know, the next morning, and I'll be like, family, that took like five days. <laughs> not even you know, pushing her, putting no more pressure on her and letting her realize I didn't have really no bad intent for her, you know what I'm saying? That, that reminds me, my daughter's similar and she she loves to, to like get under my skin and she'd be like, you know what? I love mommy. I don't love you. Nice. And, but she thinks it's going to get a reaction out of me. So instead, I'm just like, that's cool. You know, I still love you. No problem. You can love mommy, not love me. I'm still going to love you. I ain't going nowhere. And that's how I keep it moving. But she she be hardcore with that shit. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. Hey, Casual, you dropped a gem a, a few minutes ago that I just I, I want to go back to for a second. The, the with your grandson, the idea of like teaching them how to get someone to stop or say stop without actually saying the word stop, mm. because that's that's one of those things. And you know, I, so I have a son; he's ten. That was my only child, and um, and 
And one of the things that, you know, the, uh, we're constantly working with him on is just, you know, building that confidence and, you know, getting, making sure that he's not afraid of people and that people, he can, t- you know, he can, he doesn't have to listen to what other kids say or do or, or whatever. And, and, you know, if someone's being annoying to, to, to shut it down quick so that it doesn't be a, become a continual thing. But I never really, I never really approached it because sometimes he'll come up with like, oh, well, what if I say this? And it'd be like super long winded. Right. And we're like, nah, you got to just keep it real short and, you know, don't get it convoluted. Just, you know, make, make your, make, make your, your point, make, make your point quick. Right. Mm -hmm. And, but this idea of, doing it without actually having to say stop because a lot of times especially with kids you know he says stop it even in a strong voice then the kid's going to just keep going on right and it's going to he's going to do it green light (laughs) yeah so oh i got you all right it's it's the rap for you kid so look i'd like to kind of investigate this a little bit more in terms of the the you know the the stop without saying it because that's that's a good tactic and i don't i don't think i've ever really explored that well you know as we try to draw, throw out jewels to uh, the youngest, sometimes we don't even we know it's at what we're saying is applicable applicable in that situation, but we probably couldn't even cite a ton of examples for the advice you're giving your <laughs> right. kids. And so yeah. this is why we be coming with the uh, parables like. Once there was a boy named Johnny who walked across the street and he got hit by a car. Now, it, it might not be a true story that you're telling the child, but there is truth in the story. And you want them to get the truth that they shouldn't walk across the street without uh looking both ways. You know what I'm saying? Well, the same, uh, the same type of thing would be. I mean, I would be trying to expound on something that I didn't have to expound on to the young man at that time. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. But, right. I mean. But if we if we give thought along those lines, um, a, a lot of youth confidence comes from knowing that you can. Like I'm talking about in situations of where fear starts to come in. We all being young men, and then you might just be walking down the hall and don't know why uh, fear is setting in. Do you know what I'm saying? Because there's a little group over there, and and uh, I don't know, but some type it do lead back down to being. I mean, just the man stuff, yo. We got to be rough again. I know I know that ain't the answer for everybody, right? But right. when they get, like, when we wrestled and stuff, and so much to where I would walk down the street thinking about a move if somebody <laughs> was about to do something to me. You, and so when, when, when I'm just saying, as a, like, I'm talking about, like, the ages of 7 through 10, you know, if we don't got nothing to refer to, even, like, when dad ain't there or when mom ain't there, then we be feeling like abandoned almost and at the mercy of the bully. I mean, that's just, I told you I'm no expert. I'm just giving my no, that's real. Yeah, yeah. It's it's that yo, that's so dope because I, I, I could think back to maybe like preteen years, and I would be sizing the situation as I'm walking down the street just the same way. Like, all right, if some shit jump off over there, how do I try to survive? And mm. all these, like, I mean, you t- you tap into wrestling, you tap into fucking martial arts movies you see a piece of glass you see on the floor like whatever my kids don't have that ability because they grew up or they're growing up outside of the environment that i grew up so it's a much better environment so in today's age i feel like it's even more complex to instill that kind of i don't know innate like skill set 
Yeah, but even even, at, the, even at school though, they 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 need it at schools because there's going to be assholes at school, you know, yeah. asshole kids at schools, and they just got to be able to learn how to yeah, this shut, shit shut them down real quick, you know. Mm-hmm. So y'all, I don't know who took karate before, but anybody took karate? Yeah, off and on, off and on, off and on. So now we know nobody who ever took karate could use it when they had a fight, right? <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember the pseudo confidence that it gave you? In a group of youngsters, you didn't have to be a pushover in your head. You like right. took karate, and and when your friends knew you took karate, they wouldn't want to see what you knew. You know what I'm right. saying? And so I'm not saying that, but things along those lines, they built this confidence at younger ages, even push-ups and little things that you might not uh, believe, because little men like making muscles into not all of them. Some of them we have to we have to deal with it a different way. That's not the recourse for everyone. But traditionally, man, before we got all these new rules, that was the way. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Get your son confident enough to where he ain't tripping. He think he can handle whatever somebody got for him. Yeah. And be prepared for the losses because unfortunately, it's when they have the losses, they actually also build up confidence. Because, you know, sometimes yeah. you get punched a couple times, then you don't, you're not scared about getting punched again. Right. You know what I'm saying? I was a fighter, though. I was a fighter, but I, I, like I said, we, we, the things that we're trying to learn how to bring out of our children, the environment brought out of us. I was getting punked so much because I was fat. And, I, you know, you only was like two type of fat dudes in the hood. The extra cool one or somebody you just picked <laughs> on. You know what I'm saying? So at, when I was first going out, I wasn't cool yet. You feel me? I mean, I was always cool in the hood. But until I started wanting to defend myself and making my fatness be a threat, then everybody, oh, what's up, John? You know, I turned <laughs> rather cool. But it was really one incident. I'm walking in. I'm probably about 11. You know, 12, walking home from, I wasn't even coming home from middle school, so I had to be younger. Coming home from elementary, probably but like a sixth grader. And the first time I really stood up for myself, like, if I get beat down, I don't care, was over a sandwich. Mm-hmm. Literally. <laughs> these three dudes, and I remember one of them dead to this day, Orlando, rest in peace. They were young, too. They was coming down from the rowdy school. My mom bust me to Montera. They went to King, which was right in my neighborhood. All my homies went to King. I knew everybody at King. They just happened to catch me walking up the hill by myself. They coming down the hill. So up the hill was home base. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Because the flatlands, it was cracking. And, but, but, but this one school that was kind of up the hill, bad kids basically would have to walk down to get back to the house. So you might be coming from busing. It, it still was a conflict. The busing didn't work because you had to cross them on this path. So I'm walking with my sandwich, fat dude, and I didn't, my clothes were starting to be kind of cool at this point. You know what I'm saying? I think I had like a nice Adidas jacket. Man, these dudes, I already knew. This is how bad the hood was. I had a sandwich. Yes, and I was like, man, this, I got the hoagie. Everybody know about the hoagie. And I'm thinking as they're walking, dude, so this is what they tried to do. It was two big ones. And they little one, and they was like, when they got up on me, they wouldn't let me pass. And they told Orlando, take your sandwich. <laughs> and I, I don't know what clicked in my brain. Everything that we want to click in our children's brains clicked in my brain. <laughs> oh, <laughs> whatever, it was probably a roast beef sandwich at that age. And I said, no, y'all, you is not taking my sandwich. I was like, what's up? Who want my sandwich? 
And they was looking like, laughing. Like, that's not <laughs> ready to fight over that sandwich. But we didn't fight. And as a young man walking up the hill, to me, that was my first victory. And I was like, I'm doing that every time. Yeah. I was like, anytime somebody want to mess with me, I'm saying, no, what's up? Let's do it. Right. And then and then it, it, that, that changed my demeanor. And I, then I was known as casual. And, and that resulted in being smashed because I overdid it and started <laughs> smashing on everything. <laughs> that's how I earned that nickname anyway. Man, so wait, that, you, That's you, amazing you, to have the click, the, the fucking finally clicks right there. The roast beef yeah. sandwich. Huh? <laughs> a roast beef sandwich. <laughs> but wait, it's so, so that that inter- that episode in your life was what earned you the name casual no no not casual so actually that episode was just really when i started taking a more aggressive approach to things in the hood like really i would cry like in in cap sessions back in the day we called capping was bagging or playing the dozens Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i would come home teary-eyed because of things people said about my situation and condition then after that, I was like, I'm doing the same thing. I came outside, started being the hardest capper. Like, you're not insulting me and my family. I'm about to talk. Look at your dirty ass pants. Like, <laughs> so I changed without my father's help because of a conflict that I had that we, I mean, the kind of conflicts that we scared to allow our children to have today. And, and my daughter had one of those, and I was so scared for her, too. Some girl tried to. Beat her up at the rowdy school. That's why I took him out of them schools and put him in public school. You know what I'm saying? But I was happy she had her own experience that I didn't have to say, go like this. Right. You know what I'm saying? The, the only thing that scares me is like, we, uh, I feel like we survived the eras, you know, the era that we come from or our generation. Um, and, I, and I'm afraid that it's not the same, like the same strategies. Because what we're talking about is, mental strategies for for our kids to have and understand how they can survive certain situations or get through certain situations. Like for me, where what you did, I was doing, I had turned on the crazy side of me. Like I said, you know, everybody's scared of the crazy kid. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, it's funny because it follows me to this day. I still got crazy hood is the name of my company. Who's crazy is my slogan. Cause when I was young and dealing with the bullies, I was like, all right, man, this ain't my, the regular approach ain't going to work. So I'm gonna have to just click and be that, have that crazy look in my eyes and just be willing to do whatever. And eventually mm-hmm. that's what scared them away. Cause, but it could have gone either way. And sometimes it did. Sometimes one time I clicked and the dude I was clicking on, he was crazier. He was actually <laughs> exactly. really fucked up. You know and I learned some valuable lessons in that, but, but that was the strategy I used. I was like, all right, well, I'm willing to do anything. I'm cause I was into like, you know, I was I was I was doing karate. I was I wanted to be a ninja. I was watching war movies. My dad is a Vietnam vet, so I, I put that in my mind that that I come from the lineage where he fought in the war and I fought in that motherfucking war too. So I put that all in my mind and use that to like try to get through these bullying situations. Did Did you make a Did you make a mental note of, or did you have like that you're like all right, I'm going to use this strategy next time, or did it just happen naturally for you, just like it did with casual in in, in that instance? No, nah, it it just it happened naturally. Like yeah. I was just building up to a point where because so I moved from LA to Miami, right? Yeah. And and it was a huge change for me. You know, different it's just a whole different environment in Miami than it was in LA when I was growing up. And um and so like I was adjusting to that and it was a hard adjustment. And so I just 
I realized like I, I'm not like I'm not getting through like just being nice or, or trying to be cool with kids. It was just like all kinds of shit was going on out here. And so I just like I said, I clicked this crazy side of me. I was like, I right, fuck it. But it came natural because I was already like watching these war movies and watching kung fu flicks. And, you know, you imagine yourself in these situations as a kid because, you know, you have this creative side of your mind. And I was like, I could see myself in the situation. And the other thing I did is I would also say if my dad could survive in a Vietnam or I would watch these war movies or World War II movies, if these people could survive this craziness being trenches, man, what the fuck is some bully to me? So I would kind of try to put myself like this ain't nothing compared to what so and so went through. And I would just it just became a way of me being like like to the point where it carried on for a long time. But there could have been a lot of pitfalls in that because I did do some crazy shit in trying to in, in activating my crazy, you know, mm-hmm. and and I feel like I'm lucky to have survived that and not have been in a, you know, gone in a bad place, hurt people or get hurt. Um, Cause you know, I was doing what I mean, we were making pipe bombs as a kid. I was, you know, had the Rambo knives, you know, we had the, we, we was playing Ninja, but we was playing Ninja for real with the real stars mm-hmm. and the real knives and, and, and fucking people hitting with sticks and shit and jumping Shurikens off of shit. and stuff. Man. All yeah. that shit. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. like, Overseas. Me and my friends wasn't like playing Ninja. We was ninjas in our minds. We was ninjas. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. so I, you know, it scares me though, to think I want my kids to learn those strategies. I just don't want them to like take it too far. Well, yeah. I assume that uh, just because our life goes on, most of our kids are living in better areas and situations right. that we are. And a lot of the world has even changed a lot, too. They still got the same things, but they come in different packages. Still got bullies, but they be on the Internet more than they actually in right. your face. Right. You know what I'm saying? So now we got to even try to make them game tight for some stuff we didn't even have to deal with. You know what I'm saying? Like, to us, you could avoid the bully and school was over. I made it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or whatever. You know, or I really used to be, uh, not to uh, go off on a tangent, but I want to address this too, something we was talking about earlier. If there was an anxiety that would be caused by allowing conflict to linger in the hood. Mm-hmm. Like right. if I heard somebody had a problem with me, I wouldn't be able to sleep. Or mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I, and so I was like, enough of this. I need to go find that person, not to be most aggressive, but to feel this feeling in my right, body. Right. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Because I used to be with. like, he gonna be, you know, thinking <laughs> right. that could be on any corner or something. And so it changed my. Then people start saying I was over confrontational. No, that ain't what it is. Somebody got a problem. We need to get to the bottom of it right now. And so I'm going to be walking around thinking about ways to deal with you if you're going to get the drop on me or all this dumb stuff. So I would just be, people would be like, why you? No, I'm like, no. Nah. I'm just like, let's get it over with. And, and so, again, I was just speaking to that to say that, I mean, there were certain anxieties that, if we don't even learn how to address them, because that would be, that's what that is. That was like, what, I think they call it confrontation anxiety. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Right. But I didn't know that at those times, I would just be feeling weird if I had a problem with somebody. And in order to address that directly, I was pulling up. You know what I'm saying? That's how we put it in slang terms now, yeah. you know what I mean? But I would be trying to make sure, I didn't want the beef, but the feeling that was in my, be, getting beat up felt better. Didn't have an anxiety right, right. until you see a person. 
That's a crazy but I never way to look at it. Up. I always did hands, but we talking about. <laughs> you never took an L, huh? I know. I, I got knocked out by a security guard once in my life, but I knocked out <laughs> plenty of security guards. So. <laughs> That's just. I never got hands put on. Never. Everybody will tell you that. No. How about you, Kay? What did you deal with any of this? Uh, How did you deal with it? Yeah, no, nah, I wasn't. It. It was actually. Um, when I was younger in, in like elementary school, I, I was less kind of, uh, I'd get into fights and things like that. You know, you get in these weird fights, especially on like during recess or getting these weird battles with people and shit like that. I was never really afraid of, of that, but it wasn't until I got a little bit older that um, I, I guess maybe I started thinking about like possible outcomes of confrontation well as i start to get older and then and then it's not not necessarily like the fear sets in but it's more about like uh how what can i do to potentially avoid this because it could go in so many different ways um as opposed to when 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 i was younger it just felt like you you're in the mix and you're not really thinking about consequences about it or not feeling super nervous about it because I look at my son and I'm like, you know, he's not very fearful, but there are some times where like we, we moved recently cross country and, you know, went to a new school and, and uh, you know, he said to me one day, he's like, eh, and there's these two kids that they weren't doing anything to him, but he just felt kind of fearful of him. And I'm like, why are you even afraid of them that, you know, like going back to our point, you, you take karate. <laughs> <laughs> right you can <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know what i'm saying like you're bigger than them well you know don't even and I, I i don't necessarily remember myself feeling like that at that age it wasn't until i was a little bit older that that i was more kind of thinking about like oh, i wonder if this person could take me or you know that kind of that kind of thing well for me and i um I don't know if my daughters ever had bullies. They never said it to me. I always try to give them some game, hopefully to know how to deal with those people. The best thing is avoiding them. If you ain't got to be around them, they just probably got a problem in their life. You know what I'm saying? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So the best way is to be around them. But if you're in one of them situations, you can't be around them, then get in their grip. Be right up on them. And they think, I mean, I'm just saying, this is, what's up? Like let 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 it stop that for one day. Don't let them bully you for two days. If they're bullying you today, let that be the last day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's gonna like, keep make going. It pop on that day, right. else, else, else you're gonna be punked. You know. But social media has changed that. Where you know people might not even be bullies in real life, but they bullying on social media, and you can't really confront them because sometimes they're anonymous. And that's exactly. that's what I feel for for the youth right now and for kids growing up, because that's that's some shit to deal with. Cause they lose sleep over that shit. Someone commenting some crazy shit. Hey, how yeah. how 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 um protective are you with your your youngest daughters? The you said sixteen and eighteen right now. Mm-hmm. How how kind of protective have you been with their social media usage and kind of limiting? <laughs> nah, I got <laughs> not going down. World, dude. I had to just throw my hands up, <laughs> and I just had to be like, they gonna see it all anyway. You know what I'm saying? Because I was trying to do the other stuff and it just wasn't working out. Like trying to, man, you can't do that. Let me put parental this. And then that was making them want to see what was behind the wall more. You know what I'm saying? And be, and I'm like, oh, you looked at this? And I'm just like, you know what? I ain't no want to know what you're looking at no more. 
Have you mm. ever seen that one episode? And I only it was an episode of Black Mirror where the lady had monitoring into her child. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that one. Yeah, yep. yeah. exactly. The <laughs> yeah, that was great. Episode. I was like, I'm not going down that road. Yeah. Again, well, basically, the it was all about her getting too much privilege to see what her daughter was going through, and it was eventually affecting her daughter's natural life. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, nope. Humanity is still the same thing. People don't need that much help. Like, right. But do you get worried about, I don't know, when I, when I look around at like teenagers or, you know, recently I was somewhere and, and there was a, a dude and he had his daughters with him and, and uh, it, they were just on the phone nonstop. I mean, so much other stuff going on, but glued to the phone. I, I don't know, man. I worry, I worry for, for these folks that are just glued to their screen on social media 20, feels like 24 seven. And I worry about these kids that did it like that so i'm wondering like i mean even if it, you're not paying attention to like what um you know what they're looking at was there a time where you were like all right look you're not going to be oh, yeah. on the phone this this long looking at shit you know the problem with that is my daughters is both straight a students okay all right you see what i'm saying yeah the, i got so you i'll be like if it ain't broke don't fix it mm, i can't really yeah. be too restrictive i let them go every place because y'all do everything right you know what i'm saying now, if they start slacking, even a B, then I get to act up and be like, okay. I even caught myself just being all prissy, like, what you got B's for? Knowing I couldn't <laughs> even get B's. I I started raising the standard for them so high to where I was like asking myself, are you being ridiculous? Well, at the same, on the flip side of that, I think they earn their freedom in a sense, you know what I'm saying? And not having an over, overarching looking dad is a result of them getting great grades, you know what I'm saying? So did, did, um, did it affect your career in any way raising the kids? Do you feel? Um, just, just to make me more economic and less battle rappy. I mean, not with my styles or nothing, because I would it wouldn't I wouldn't compromise. We make enough to support families as underground battle MCs. Right. But I always make you think that dang, I could they could be living like Will Smith and them. <laughs> I just write one of these type of songs. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. And so that's always on your mind. And you got people pushing you in that direction. I got people who see me as a Biggie style artists from the jump. Like, why are you still doing this underground stuff? You could, you got more mass appeal than that. But, but, but speaking to what you're saying is, is the future that I was planning on providing for my family, I thought I would be able to pull it off. And I have been able to within, without sacrificing or compromising any of my artistry. You know what I'm saying? No, and I think you, you and, and your crew has built such a legacy that had you tried to do those. Will Smith records, you know, it wouldn't be the same legacy. Like you got something to be exactly. extremely proud of, man. And, and your kids can, you know, benefit from that probably beyond. You don't even know what the future is with the legacy. Yeah, you're right. And it could have turned out a lot worse because of those attempts. You know what I'm saying? For sure. Like, yeah. And it's a and it's a testament to I think I think like people who are living it and we need to be able to expose this more is just to let people know, like you can have, you can, you can have a, a long career in this and you can do it the way you want to do it without, you know, it fizzling out or you can take care of your family. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, what you guys have been in? Yeah, I feel Hyro was one of the first to show that lane. To, yeah, to, to oh. prove it. And and even uh, a testament to this day, we got. Uh, I got. I'm getting like paid better off of my first release mm. than I was when I first released it. That's <laughs> crazy. At 30 years later, because streaming wasn't a thing, and you know now yeah. they got 90 stations and they giving yeah. you new. But think about it: if streaming wasn't here, it wasn't too many popular radio stations that was gonna be running just right. 90s hip hop all day. You know what I'm saying? They might have an hour where they ran it. And if you didn't fit into that mix, you wasn't getting no light. Streaming got all these platforms that run 24-7, uh, all different genres of music. And, and just even you could take my song, That's How It Is. Uh, people be surprised off of what that is earning 30 years later. You know what I'm saying? So, And I always approach it as a humble artist i mean you want to be jiggy go talk to somebody else but in the sense of humility if you can beat the average wage in your city then you're doing cool if everybody getting 30 dollars an hour was say that equate to like 4500 or five bands a month well if you can pull six bands a month rapping you ain't gotta be getting 20 50 bands a month just to support a family because everybody in your city living off of an average wage. Mm. But people like this glitz and glamour appeal to it and don't want to approach it like a real practical, just something I could do to be, you know, feeding the family and not using my hands. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, success has many different definitions. Sure. And everyone thinks that success means like you got to be rich and famous. And that's yeah. that's not it. When even most people that you perceive as rich and famous ain't really rich and famous either like they're well famous yeah but rich exactly. the way you think they are that ain't even a reality yeah. and he, and how easily they you know their finances fall apart and you know when things stop yeah people think net worth is a bank account somewhere right? <laughs> oh let me go tap in my net worth account no, that's all everything you got if you sell it right and you probably ain't ever gonna sell it you know what i'm saying for sure well look man i think we gotta uh wrap up and do some fatherhood duties here in a second uh-huh. but man we appreciate you coming yeah, appreciate through you. and uh anytime you want to you know we, we 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 dug in a little bit but man there's a lot there's a lot more that we could talk about so if you yeah, want to come through oh, again let's do it i'll definitely be willing uh y'all got my line y'all got a, i'm casual at hieroglyphics.com anyway it's not hard okay. to uh, get at me yeah and so if y'all ever need anything, even on the West Coast, music, whatever, let me know. Versus, whatever. We do the Y'all Let's got a it. project. Y'all, y'all know I'm still the killer, man, on that. On the we know line. it. We know <laughs> it. <laughs> so if y'all need anything, I want to touch any of the members. Soul's got this 93 uh, date tour coming up. They come in by in. here, by Florida, to West yeah, Palm. I was in. thinking, I wanted to reach out and see if I could get him to just come down to Miami for a second and do something. Uh, Oh yeah, definitely. We line that up. So um let me get a line on you. Email. Yep. Well, appreciate y'all. Thanks for having me. And nah, tell thanks the for fam coming, I said man. what's up, everything. And, yeah, man. We'll, we'll definitely stay connected. Appreciate right, you, man. Peace. Hey, my channel on YouTube is Smash Rockwell. If y'all I'll be talking about all kind of different stuff, but a lot a lot of uh modern topics and ancient knowledge and stuff. I just let everybody know. Let's so put it in the in description. description. Yeah, yeah, as well. Oh, Smash Rockwell. Oh, cool. Thank you. All right, so, peace. Peace. All right. Thank you. Yo, be a father. If not, why bother, son? A boy can make him, but a man can raise one. Be a father to your child.